0: A woohooer! A hand clapper, a high fiver. I kinda like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary, were prohibited by loss. 18 plus.
1: Welcome to episode three of VAR at the bar. I'm Dan, and I am with Chris, ah oh, man, I'm going to get right into it. Top ten footballers of all time. <sighs> okay. So first of all, guys, how have you found it? Hard.
0: Oh <laughs> well, mate, I'm not be I'm not going to lie to you. I must have wrote down about thirty names to start off with. I actually had my ten last night, and then I've t- taken two out and replaced them with another two. And I'm sure I'll probably. Just blag it now with another one that I've just changed, for you guys are.
2: Right not <laughs> <will> say quite, <laughs> quite controversial.
0: Is this the oh, only thing we're actually going to be talking about? Because <laughs> <laughs> this could be a long segment. The
2: thing that I found hardest about it was we're all mid 30s, and half these players retired by the time yep. I even started watching football. Exactly. So,
0: exactly. this is what I found with mine it's sort of like um, the majority of mine are the ones that I remember in my lifespan. And then I looked at a couple of other people that, are, that obviously I knew before, but some of the names that came up as well, I've never even heard of my, myself. And I've taken the, the, the way of looking at it on, on my own view and not, not yep. just on the
1: stats. It's all you can do, mate. That's all you can yeah. do. No, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be right if you put your list together and it was because you'd seen someone else give it a good rating on another piece of paper. You've got to go with your own view. Yeah, exactly. Hard that I couldn't find footage on a lot of players that are highly rated. So it wouldn't feel right for me to put them on my list when I've not seen anything that really backs it up. Exactly, and you've got to make sure you you've
0: got a good argument for it. You just don't put it there just to be controversial or be different and just go, "Oh, I'll have him instead of him." Then you know, it's got to you've got to have some sort of reason why they're there.
1: Exactly. Yeah, the, the gravity of it's weighed on me, uh, naming the greatest players of all time.
0: Yeah, thanks for that, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: been a tough week. <laughs> tough week, tough times. We're going to start off at number 10. So I'm going to go to Ant first. Who's your number oh, oh, 10? My God.
2: <laughs> okay, uh, my number 10, um, He is a player that I had heard of and I had seen a little bit about. He's quite an old player. Um, is Ferenc Puskas. Who yep. actually was an award named after him. Indeed. Wow. And whilst doing my research, I found that he scored 700 goals in 705 appearances. Yeah. Wow! Which not be different.
0: At. What What was his nationality, mate? Was he Hungarian? Yes.
1: Yes. Yeah. Mentioned all those goals he scored. It would have been even more if um, his career wasn't interrupted by the Second World War. Absolutely That's prolific cool. player. And then he also, um, towards the back end of his career, he competed for Real Madrid in that famous team that won the three European Cups. he yeah. scored a hat-trick in the European Cup final. It's formed a prolific partnership with Di Stefano at Real Madrid. He's an absolute legend of the game. He really is.
0: That's your number 10, Anne you, you hope that your ones above that are better.
1: <laughs> well, I've, I've got to admit, I've, I've left Puskas out of my top 10 um, purely because I couldn't find enough footage on him, which, again, it's because of that g- different generation, different era. Uh, but um, I know all about him. He's an absolute legend of the game, no doubt, so that's a fair shout. Fair
0: play. Fair play. That's a very good one, mate.
1: Okay, Chris, is your number 10? Okay, 10, here
0: we go. Number 10, Zatan Ibrahimovic. Okay. Um, he, obviously, internationally, he, I think he's obviously carried them a lot. Um, his club records are fantastic. Looking at his stats, he's sort of 0.72 goals a game, um, wow. and I just I, I think he he was he's been fantastic for the game in a way his bravado he puts on and his famous sayings that he says um, there's one that he said to Pep Guardiola saying you bought a Ferrari but you drive it like a Fiat Um, just things like that, that He has the audacity to say um, and and I just, I'll, I'll just put him up there because every, every team he's he's played for, he's performed well. A lot of people said he moved to the Premier League, and people just said he's just going to take the money. But I thought he did very well at Manu, and then he unfortunately got a, a bad ligament injury, which obviously then sent him to LA Galaxy. And then he's actually then come back to Milan this year, and he's still been banging in the goals. I think he scored something like two or three goals in. In, in eight games I and mean, for someone that's sort of thirty six, thirty seven, the highest level I still think that's very impressive
1: yeah yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's, he's a winner isn't he everywhere he's gone he's won born winner as well and that's what you, that's what you want
0: with the best isn't it you, you, you know they're not happy to come second best that's why with him he, when he was at Barcelona he didn't want to be second best to Messi and obviously there was that issue so he just moved on and then he let let the football do the talking at PSG and scored over one again. game, and um, lots of special goals, special special goals. I remember I remember one if I'm right against England, or he might have even been, been a
1: friendly, a friendly game. He scored a, a bicycle kick for that's the one. Five yards out. Yeah,
0: As that's one, just
1: he, ridiculous. But, I remember a game? I think it was it was in a tournament against Italy where he was running away from goal, and he managed to jump in the air and back heel it in the air, and it. Lobbed the goalkeeper, went just under the crossbar. When he's back here, with it running away from goal, it's just incredible. I never even imagined a goal like that. And then, yeah, Latan delivers. As exactly,
0: and he he obviously taught a big game, and he every time he, he did deliver, and that's what that's what you need, isn't it, with a player? And especially if you're looking at the best ten. I know that he, he was one that I must admit I put in today, but that's a personal, <laughs> I said a personal choice. Uh,
1: but yeah, that's my number ten okay so my number 10 i've uh, i've gone back a few years my number 10 is mané garincha
2: was he the one with the uh, one leg longer than the other
1: <laughs> yeah he was a, a winger and it was very unorthodox he absolutely bamboozled defenders he had explosive acceleration he could uh, shift his balance very quickly and just suddenly change direction when he was running He's considered by many to be the, one of the best dribblers of all time. Um, from the footage I've seen of him, he was a very special player. Uh, what's also impressive about him, he won the World Cup with, with Pele in the Brazil team of 58. But in the 1962 World Cup, Pele was injured in one of the first round games. And Garincha pretty much carried that Brazil team to win the tournament. Like Maradona did in 86. That's what Gorincha did for Brazil in 62. He won the golden boot, golden ball for the best player. He was absolutely unstoppable in that tournament. His, uh, his playing style, again, like I say, it was very unorthodox. It was just uh, what came naturally to him because he, he had those uh, legs, one leg longer than the other. He was also very um, sort of simple. He's not very intelligent. And he actually had a big problem with alcoholism as well. But when he got on the football pitch, it just came naturally to him. Uh, things that we, you wouldn't necessarily see. Defenders couldn't read him, but he was very, very unique and absolutely a special player. He encapsulated or embodied the spirit of the game in Brazil. And to this day, in the Maracana, the home dressing room is named after Manny Garincha. The away dressing room is named after Pelé. So it's
2: He's a name I've heard of and I'm, I know of is uh leg situation I'll be honest I don't know <laughs> much about I've never seen that much footage of him but from what, what I've seen he sounds like a decent player
1: he yeah, was, was a great dribbler that's for sure great dribbler that's
0: yeah strong
1: strong number 10 there mate yeah well, I I've, I've backed it up <laughs> but <laughs> yeah I'm a big fan It was, it was a great dribbler alright on to number 9 Ant Troy Deeney <laughs> well, oh, I hope you're not being serious No, I'm not. i I could try and back it up but I'm not going to call out myself
2: I've gone for Puskas's partner at Real Madrid the blonde arrow Alfredo de Stefano who was about as rapid as he was and scored about almost as many goals as he was and the, between the pair of them they helped Real Madrid become in the powerhouse that we know they are and he also scored in
1: five consecutive European Cup finals. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Yeah. I know in, in Real Madrid, he's widely considered to be the best footballer that ever played the game. That That's in Madrid, though, is one of their own. But that's how highly he's regarded. His goal-scoring record is unbelievable. And, um, and he, he somehow managed to play three countries. I don't
2: know how he managed it. <laughs> it. Yeah,
1: it's true. Yeah. <laughs> when he played for Spain he only played four games for them but three of them were actually in a World Cup so. what? <laughs> yeah it was Argentina ah. Colombia and Spain. Yeah. oh my god
2: <laughs> it's alright Chris My next day I think you would have heard of
0: and I know I'm, I'm going I'm thinking well done with your research there man very impressed with both of your research yeah,
2: you I've um, not been furloughed so I'm just sitting at home port <laughs> <laughs> pretending <laughs> to do work
0: I know that um, Dan's knows a lot about uh, footballing knowledge,s knowledge through the years, but I've been quite impressed with you. Uh, and there's me saying uh, Zatan for my first one.
1: Yeah, guy's still playing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, this my number nine. That's moving swiftly on. My number nine is um, Kafu. He just calculates for me the the role of a wing a wing back. He can defend. He's very attacking as well. And he was always just very consistent. I just remember watching him in the world in the World Cups. He's he's just um, he just does everything every game. But like I say, very consistent. He had 142 caps over 16 years, and he had over uh, nearly 300 appearances altogether in Syria for uh, Roma and the Milan team. That was very successful in the sort of 2003 to 2007 era. Um, and overall, I just think he's a, a cracking, cracking defender with, with just an abundance of energy all the while um, and must be very hard to play against because he, he used to man-mark very well as well.
1: Yeah, he was a very, very good player. He um, had incredible stamina. He used to sprint up and down that wing all game, every game that I saw him. Never yeah. gave up. I remember thinking he's the fittest 38 year old wing back I've ever seen in my life. I can't think of too many better right backs or wing back, right wing backs.
2: No, great. I know he, he was very fond of um, John Flanagan, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> in that, the season <laughs> that Flanagan was good for back. Liverpool, we called him the uh, Scouse Cavern.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just the only thing I'm not being bad, but the only thing I remember of John Flanagan is when. Um, just diverting slightly is the match against Man City, where just uh, what he did to Sterling about oh, thirty yeah. seconds into the game. Okay, Remember, welcome back to Anfield, Clatter.
2: <laughs> I can't believe we mentioned John Flanagan in the list of the <laughs> football
0: players. Uh, this, this feels. you put him in, in my number nines, uh, the whole of football history, you related him to John John Flanagan. Thanks.
1: For oh, Catherine <laughs> came out and said to <laughs> him. I've oh, only had five names so far. I'm already Troy Deeney and John Flanagan have come up. He's <laughs> not going as planned. <laughs> go on, go right. on. Number nine. number nine, I've gone for Michael Laudrup. Ooh, oh, good, good shout. Now, I'm a big fan of Laudrup. Uh, for me, he's the best passer of a ball that I've ever seen, ever seen in the game. His vision for passing was just unparalleled. If you watch a compilation on YouTube, all the strikers he played with, they learned, you just make runs. Just run, and Laudrup will find a way to get you the ball. It doesn't matter who's closing him down, from what angle, he'll evade the defenders, and he'll offload the ball somehow, and he'll set up a scoring opportunity. He did it time and time again. He was an absolutely incredible playmaker. Uh, Another factor about him that I really have admiration for, something that no one else has achieved, he played in a Barcelona team that beat Real Madrid 5 0. And then the next season, he transferred from Barcelona to Real Madrid. And Real Madrid beat Barcelona 5
0: 0. <laughs> that's the that,
1: influence that Laudrup has on a football team. Absolutely mm-hmm. incredible player. If, um, if he had a bit more drive to be the best player in the world, he could have been higher up that list. He could have been considered one of the very greatest.
2: So, I've, I've looked at uh, obviously a lot of lists over the last few days trying to get inspiration for this list and I actually I, I didn't see Brian Loudrup on there. That's not to say it's a bad choice hands. Michael Loudrop, sorry. Brian's brother. Yeah. No, no, um, yeah,
1: no I I I've looked at a lot of lists as well and you're right. Um, Loudrop was sort of the top um, top fifty sort of region in most uh, lists that I come across. It's all based on opinion, yours, yeah, mine? Absolutely it's all good stuff? All right. So now are on to number eight. Hans.
2: I've gone for the um the legendary German that is Franz Beckenbauer. Yeah. Who invented the modern sweeper if you like. And won countless trophies at wherever he's played with Munich or um obviously with Germany as well. So you know for me he Growing up, I just remember him being one of the best defenders that I remember watching. Obviously, yeah. I know
1: he's had a bit of trouble with money laundering in recent years, but <laughs> we'll skip over that. <laughs> yeah, it's a good shout, Ant. and To be honest, I've put him as number four on my okay. list. Yeah, right. he's a, he was a very, very classy player. He, he was a complete player. He did it all. Um, in terms of defending, he wasn't the best pure defender that's ever played the game. But in terms of being a general on the pitch, and leading a team, distribution of the ball, long-range shooting, he scored a lot of goals. And like you say, modifying the sweeper role to something that was quite unique, where he'd lead the attacks from being the deepest defender. It's something you see more in the modern game now. Yeah. He was the one that pioneered that. Um, you mentioned his record as well. He, uh, he won two Ballon d'Ors, but he finished in the top five of the Ballon d'Or nominations. On ten occasions. That's incredible stuff. That is. That's incredible. Wasn't he
2: also the first captain to win the European Cup three times in a row, or something like that?
1: Like you said, though, it's
0: it's the game. Obviously, the game is so simple if you're that good at reading the ball and what people are going to do. And he just did that, didn't he? He just made it look so easy, and then yes. just
1: distributed the ball with a plum as well every time. Very intelligent player.
0: Did he win? Am I right in saying did he uh, win it as a manager with World Cup as well?
1: In the World Cup as a player and as a manager. Yeah. yeah. 1990.
0: The defensive
1: World Cup as they always call that don't they? Well you could do passbacks back then. <laughs> <laughs> it was after that World Cup they got rid of the passbacks. <laughs> <laughs> the World Cup. Probably bored of it that's why. <laughs> yeah. Alright then it's me.
0: Number eight I am going for... Mr. Ronaldo, as in um, Brazilian Ronaldo, or in brackets, Fat Ronaldo, whatever people want to call him. Obviously, his career has just, just got um, successful written all over it, really, hasn't it? You know, PSB as an 18-year-old, averaged over one, one goal a game there, got his big move to Barcelona from that. Absolutely set the world alight there as well. Um, then went to Inter Milan and I think on one of his first few games he had there he got injured unfortunately which I think many could agree would have for a lot of players lost a bit of pace or just the iron in front of the goal but it seemed to not, not really stop him too much because then he went to Real Madrid and then he was obviously part of the Galacticos in that era um, again, his, his records all, all the way through are uh, uh, internationally 98 appearances, 62 goals. So that's 0.63 to every goal. And um, at Real, Inter and Barcelona, it was 0.72 to every goal, which is fantastic record, really. And just from those stats itself, I think it speaks
1: volumes. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant player. Uh, just another do... one I've got on my list, a bit higher up, <laughs> number six. Yeah, oh, yeah. really, was it?
0: <laughs> Fantastic yeah.
1: finisher as well, obviously. Well, like you said, he, um, he suffered a serious knee injury when he was at Inter in 1999. And That's... it's testament to his finishing ability that he was able to continue his career and play as a more orthodox centre forward. And that was because he could finish so well. He was deadly in front of goal. The reason why I've put him high on my list is because uh, when he was at uh, PSV, Barcelona and Inter Milan, his skills for his stepovers and his lollipops, he did them at such ferocious speed. It was just something I've, I've not seen before. To do those skills at that speed was incredible. And also he was so powerful as well. He would, had defenders bouncing off him. And he still kept control of the ball. He was just an unstoppable centre-forward. No, all... Nothing
0: that defenders really knew back in the day, wasn't it? When he first came onto the scene, they didn't know anyone that was fast and strong. It was either one or the other. Skillful. And, and sk- fantastic skill set. And then, to be honest as well, when he had that injury at a lot of people wrote him off as well. I remember yeah. when, I, when I used to watch um, Italian football and they were saying that, oh, he's not going to come back the same player. And I think that just revved him up even more to be probably an even better player than he was when he first joined there, to be honest.
1: I I wouldn't say a better player, but um, you're right. He he won a Ballon d'Or after that injury. It's it's an incredible comeback story. But I think if it wasn't for that injury, he would have continued his career on a path where he could have ended up being one of the greatest that's ever played the game. His natural talent was just absolutely through the roof.
2: Yeah, I was going to say in terms of like, say so if it weren't for that injury, that his natural talent and ability, it'd probably be pushing one of the best players to the grace the game. Yeah. For that period of time, that you know, based on him at his peak, pre-injury, yeah. he was without doubt the best player on the planet.
1: Hundred percent agree, without a doubt. Incredible player. So it's such a shame in a way. Yeah, But it's good that we get to give him these props on this list because uh, he deserves recognition for being one of the best.
0: Well, well, at least all three of us picked him as well. So, obviously, shows three differing views and we are all put him... Obviously, I know i put him quite low, but you guys... Well, we don't
2: know what's what's to come yet, Chris. <laughs> I mean, Ella's due for the good World Cup. He might be in your top ten for all we know. Oh, you've just given that away, Anne. Oh, sorry, mate. You shouldn't have texted me last <laughs> night. <laughs>
1: Right, my number eight, I've gone for Paolo Maldini. He played in a variety of positions. He started off as a right-back, played most of his career as a centre-back or a left-back or a left-wing-back. He was a very, very solid defender. And then when he played on the left side, he was also very good at getting forward. He had a, a very long career and he was considered one of the top defenders in the world for a very long time.
0: Yeah, I agree. My number seven, six hundred appearances for AC Milan, and one hundred and twenty-six caps for Italy. Very impressive.
2: He didn't make my top ten. Yeah, that's.
1: Fine. Did you consider him, man? Yeah, he was on the list for the the, the
2: hundred-page list I had of <laughs> players. I do know one interesting stat about Paolo Maldini, though. Go on. That he is the holder of the quickest Champions League final goal. Who was that again? Yeah. Yeah? Liverpool.
0: <laughs> oh, which game was that again I can't see uh, I don't remember.
2: know I don't know 50 seconds which is actually quite a long time really if you think about it
1: All Right, move on to number 7 then and
2: Cristiano Ronaldo
1: okay I know
2: you're going to tell me he's higher on your list uh, yes <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's not even in Dan's list
2: <laughs> OK,
1: that's fine
2: No, I'm um, thinking, I thought it was number seven as well OK oh, <laughs> you can do a dual I one. thought I was going to get a bit of backlash for this No, <laughs>
1: right, no, no No, not at all He's a top player Go on Ant Don't worry, he is an absolutely
2: phenomenal player He's scored goals in every league he's played in He's won
1: um,
2: the Euros with Portugal and all that For me, I just I feel he's not a team player That's why I put him so low down I think he makes every game about him rather than the team, which is especially evident when Bale went to Real Madrid and perhaps stole a bit of the limelight. But in terms of I the mean, game... that's
0: always an interesting debate with Cristiano Ronaldo. And I think yeah. there's quite a lot of um, maybe proof that shows that to an extent. However, obviously, with his stats, i have actually point at number two. It's because he's, he's played La a Liga, absolutely dominated, and the Prem... And then he, at the late, you know, at an old age, he's actually then decided to move over then to another country. I know, maybe for tax reasons, we don't know. Um, to, then, uh, to then obviously play for Juventus. And he's still banging the goals. I mean, people say that he has a, a bad season if he scores 25 goals. And that's just ridiculous from somebody who started off as a winger who actually scored, was it 30 goals from, from that position with Man United? Was it that
2: something like that? Something stupid.
0: I mean, yeah, I mean, you look at his Real Madrid career and he had 438 games and he scored 450 goals. I mean, that is just astonishing.
1: That is astonishing,
0: you know, to continue that for for the length of career. I mean, don't get me wrong, when I've when he was in the Premier League, I couldn't stand him. When he's in (laughs) the When it's in the league standing, but you sometimes just have to pop your cap and go, Fair enough, the stats say it all. And I do agree with what Anne says that I do think there is a, a bit of that it's all about him, but I guess if he still performs at that level, it's sort of like, Well, fair enough.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah I, that was one of the reasons. The other reason I just looked at the other players I still had to list and thought, He's coming
1: at number seven for me. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, I've got to, to say about him. Uh, I thought he was number seven on my list. His, um, his footwork and skill is so quick and so well controlled. It's just incredible talent. Uh, his free kicks, unbelievable again. I remember his goal for Man United against Portsmouth, where the ball wobbled in the air and it's just unstoppable. I just remember seeing James, David James's face with that because I think he thought he was going well over and then he just dipped down, didn't he? It? It just... Yeah. Uh, he's won five Ballon d'Ors. Well deserved. He has been the best player in the world on five occasions, without a doubt. And then, like you say, he's done it for such a long period of time and he's still doing it, scoring an incredible amount of goals. He was actually
2: he was a bit of a late bloomer, there. really. When did he really hit his peak at United? He was about 25?
1: Uh, it took a couple of seasons, didn't it? There, there's a lot
0: of ple- He had a bit of um, a bit of a petulant spell, didn't he? Where he was going down a lot, and I think fans were getting on his back a bit as well. Um, where he's always trying to win free kicks, and maybe that in that time that was the continental way of doing things. He, but then he seemed to
1: toughen up a little bit. Exactly. Um, he toughened up. He was a little bit lightweight, wasn't he? And he got yeah. really. But he toughened up.
0: That probably shows now why he's so good in shape, you know, well-shaped, you know. Yeah.
1: Well, where it all comes from, it's his drive to be the best. He's so determined to be the best player in the world and to be considered better than Messi. It's it's pretty uh, transparent, isn't it? Yeah. And that's, that's one of the things I love about him. He just really wants to be the best. Just
0: so competitive to the max, isn't it? He needs to be number one, like Ant said. Bale comes onto the scene for Real Madrid, kicks him to the curb, more or less, doesn't he? You know... Benzema sort of knew his place there. Any new people? Any new?
2: Gareth strong- Bale was probably perhaps the only sort of galactico to go after him to go into Real Madrid. And Ronaldo said, "Oh, of might not be the big man there. We've got this Gareth Bale fella." I think we can all agree Ronaldo is probably better than Bale. But I think Bale
0: yes. would agree. Well, my number seven was Maldini. So
1: <laughs> we've already
0: spoke about him. So
1: okay, all right. So um. Yeah, and my number seven was Ronaldo as well. So we're um, on to number okay. six now. Eh?
2: Hold back to me again. I feel like I'm doing all this. <laughs> <laughs> Zidane. Uh, he's just, he, he had it all, didn't he? Passing, shooting, great captain. Won multiple titles at Madrid. Won the World Cup with France. He, he was just a phenomenal player to watch. And some of the stuff he did, just, I, I don't know how he did it. Some of the skill. He was just an absolute joy to watch. It's just a shame he was French.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Shots are done on my list as well. He's uh, number five on my list. Uh, just want to echo everything you said there. Ant. Absolutely amazing talent. Such an probably probably the most elegant player I've ever seen. His uh, control and mastery over a football is something I've not seen matched. He um, he just had this knack of creating space for himself and being very fluid with his movements and moving the ball. To manipulate the defender and give himself that space. Such a such a talent, unbelievable player.
2: And some of his goals he scored. You just think, how the hell have you got that in? From there, <laughs> with that foot at that angle, how how has that gone in the net? Yeah, I
0: mean, he's my number five as well. Um, obviously, showed at Juventus and Real what a class act he was, and then obviously a World Cup winner and Euro winner with with France. And like you said, I totally agree with what you say. Somehow he found space where it was impossible to find space. There's hardly any back passing, any negative passing that he had on the ball. He can either take on the player, he can just do whatever he wanted to. He's like a little magician, wasn't he?
1: Absolutely.
0: I think there was a game against um, England, wasn't it, where he single-handedly sort of turned it around, wasn't it? In the, um, was it in the Euros? Um, mm-hmm. When England, England were the past,
2: winning. Pardon? Was that the Gerard pass-back one?
0: Um Yeah, well, France scored two late goals, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I think Henry, yeah. But, but he's sort of like, he, he just sort of, he's got that leadership quality, hasn't he? That, you know, that every team needed, needs, and he's just a fantastic player. There's nothing more really I can really add or be negative with from what you guys have said, to be honest.
1: Well, from the odd head, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, yeah.
1: What a way <laughs> to go out, eh?
0: Could have been worse, mate. Could have been a 6 1 drubbing at Stoke, like someone had. <laughs> yeah. Again, I remember that. <clears throat> so we're on number six, aren't we?
2: That was six. Right. Yeah. We've got six,
0: yeah. I have got Lionel Messi. And it's all, it's quite funny because of what aunt's reasons for Cristiano is sort of what I've used a bit on Messi. Fantastic club career he's had. He's done everything, but with Argentina, it just didn't seem doesn't seem to work out for him. He's never he's never won the big one, has he? At, at well, you know, the big World Cup. No. And I just find that as good as a player he is, I just. And the stats will, will show he's uh, Argentine, his Argentina caps 138, 70 goals. Barcelona, at this moment in time, is, uh played 474 times, scored an incredible 438. I mean, <laughs> nearly every game he scores, basically. It's just ridiculous. But the reason I'm not putting him in my top five is this major gap with the World Cup I know that obviously a lot of people in Argentina put so much pressure on him with that and he can't obviously all deal with it on his own but I just think that that on mine I had Zidane at number five that he's because of obviously that win I just think that there's five more better players that I've picked that are better than him I I don't know about you guys whether he's on there or
2: I am at number four um, and I do it. agree with what you're saying about the whole national argument.
1: Yeah, you know, I've got number three. Um, I, I agree with you as well. Um, Argentina, they've not won a copper America since 1993. That's uh, that's how wow. big of a chasm there is in their lack of success. And on um, Messi at World Cups, he's played 19 games at World Cups and he's scored six goals. That's failing to deliver on the big stage.
2: may, may you know, sometimes you just get A player who, no matter who he... Like like in club football, You're he's the best player in the world. You go into a team, say like Manchester United, and it just doesn't work. Maybe with Messi, on an international stage, whoever he's playing with, and it's probably the same, most of the same players over, what, 10 years or whatever. Maybe it just doesn't click. Maybe the tactics or whatever don't work. And that's why it's such a success at Barcelona, because it just clicks. That's all he knows, Barcelona. But it's,
1: been a, it's been 15 years now that he's been playing international football. And we're talking, we're talking about a list of the greatest players of all time. You're telling me that he can't play in an Argentina team and have some success over a 15-year period. You could argue the same about Gerard Lampard, Shearer. Yeah, absolutely you can. <laughs> so, you know, it just doesn't always work, does it? It doesn't. It's, but, um, I think, that's, uh, I think we're definitely entitled to call Messi out on that. I mentioned that Copa America list. Um, Colombia and Chile have won Copa Americas in that time. Chile have won it twice. Uh, Argentina, they, they had the opportunities and they've choked. They've not delivered.
0: I mean, obviously on a positive element, you know, he's a great finisher. He's pacey. He's incredibly strong for his size. He takes on players. He can just do basically everything. Um, but yeah, I mean I totally agree with you. For some reason there seems to be this sort of mindset, I guess, I get I guess for the whole country of Argentina, since they've you know, on why they, they can't win a title. But like like you say, going to this Argentina argument, you've got Aguero, who's exactly in the same boat as well. With those two up front, you just think, well, something's gotta gotta go well and with Di Maria behind them. Got three class players, and yet they still can't seem to get get over the line. It's it's an interesting argument which we could probably talk
1: about for a while. Another podcast, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, I just want to be uh, I want to be fair to Messi. He's um, an incredible talent. His uh, his his balance on a, uh, with a football at his feet is probably the best I've ever seen. Uh, he takes on defenders. He fools them. Consistently delivers and scores an enormous amount of goals every season. Six Ballon d'Ors. He is one of the best players that's ever played the game, and he deserves to be in this conversation. Incredible talent. Right, that was my number six anyway. So Dan, right. So my number six, I had um, the Brazilian Ronaldo. So I think we're going around number five now. Yeah, Yeah, no worries.
2: I had R nine as my number five. So. Over to you, Chris.
1: I had Zidane as my number five. Dan? <laughs> and I've got Zidane as my number five. Yay! Someone agrees with me. I knew it <laughs> was going to happen, but um, it's all good. It's all good. Uh, so, number four then, Ants? Uh, i am Messi. Okay. Chris, at number four? Johan Cruyff, at number okay. four. So we've not talked about.
0: I've got to say... He's just an absolute quality player. You were saying about Zidane with the way he was on the ball, like a magician. I mean, to have an actual football move named after someone, you know, the, the Cruyff town, it sort of says what sort of status this man should be on. I know you should, you should be saying, no, I'm calling him for him to be number, number one, but I do feel that he can't really be because he never won the World Cup. And I know obviously it's another 10 men on the pitch, but it's always something that I find is quite amazing that someone that skillful could not sort of help his team to just over that line. I know they got to a final, he came runners up a couple of times, but it just never got over. And back to the messy argument here, aren't we? Exactly. I mean, you know, he, he he had this style of playing, didn't he? He wanted to he wanted it to be for the fans as well, it came into his managerial career as well with Ajax in 1995, I think, when they won the Champions League when he was manager. I mean, you know, he, he wants to entertain people, and he certainly did that when he was at Ajax as a player. And to be honest, there's nothing more you can really fault him. I mean, has any of you two tried a Cruyff turn in a match before? or
2: I probably have. I probably uh, pulled some kind of funky muscle. <laughs> I didn't know I had. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, not not recently. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, but I mean, just to to be named after an actual football thing is a technique is shows just what sort of the guy he was, and I think he was so humble as well with what he did. And I just, I mean, I, is he in your guys' top ten? Or?
2: He is. Um... My, my top three, I can't really separate. And he's part of that top three for different reasons. Fair play. Which is why I was kind of holding back on my argument. No, no,
0: that's fine. <laughs> what about you, Dan?
1: I'll be honest, he's, he's not in my top ten. Now, the, the only, I know that's controversial. <laughs> <laughs> it's <knew the, laughs> his opinion. <laughs> no, no, but when I, when I made my top ten, I felt this was the most controversial thing about him. <laughs> and the only reason is that I couldn't find any footage which really gave me that wow factor and made me get on the edge of my seat. Uh, I know he did the Cruyff turn, but in terms of um, technicality, I don't think it's the most difficult piece of skill I've ever seen compared to the likes of uh, Ronaldo or someone I haven't mentioned yet, Ronaldinho. Um, Different level of uh, difficulty with those manoeuvres. That's the only reason I left him off is because I couldn't find anything visually to back it up. It It was a great player, though. He's won four Ballon d'Ors. They yeah. say he's had that, that manoeuvre named after him because it had such an impact on the people that viewed it at the time. And you mentioned his managerial career as well. Um, Cruyff's also widely considered to have invented total football, Yeah, which has been very influential, especially in the uh, late 80s and 90s. He was the manager of the, uh, the Barcelona Dream Team when they uh, were the best team in Europe. Dan, you are thinking so, yeah. the
0: thunder here. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, I mean, it, he, he showed it the, the perfect way, wasn't it? The right style to play. And it, obviously, it's definitely entertaining, you know, and it, it's proven, you know, with his managerial wins in both Ajax and Barcelona. And in his playing careers with those two teams as well. Um, and that's why I put him at number four, to be honest.
1: Yep, it's a great pick. He's, on a lot, he's very high up on a lot of lists that I've seen as well. Right, I went for Franz Beckenbauer, who we, we've spoken about. Number three, Ant.
2: Well, like I said, my <laughs> top three, I, I can't, I can't pick a, a winner out of them. I'm afraid I'm going to sit on the fence on it.
1: Okay. Yeah, we're, we're um, going to talk about them all, aren't we?
2: So my my top three, in no particular order, was Maradona, Pele, and Joanne Cruyff. In in terms of footballing ability Pele is without doubt one of the best players if not well probably the best player to ever grace this planet he, he, the, the lad had it all um, and same with Maradona Maradona was a fantastic absolutely fantastic player uh, it's a shame that, that that he handballed him down but yeah. we'll brush <laughs> over that shall we?
0: I agree what with, with Pele he was my number one I mean his scoring ability he's played he played and. 800- in 12 games and I think he scored 757 goals just unbelievable over such a long stretch of games
1: yeah um, apparently including including friendly matches he scored over a thousand goals if you think right. about all the exhibition matches that uh, Santos played yeah. with, against teams from Europe that was a lot of games yeah. a lot of top he, teams
2: he only ever played for one team again yeah
1: yeah, yeah. it's yeah. also one of the criticisms though that he never moved to Europe and didn't prove himself at the top level but I don't. I don't think that's to discredit him too much. I think mean, that's what the World Cups are for, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Look, look he's, he's number two on my list, so I'm not knocking him. He, um, he was incredible, absolutely incredible, legend of the game.
0: I mean, he really u- up the stakes, didn't he, with a striker as well? He sort of made it a new breed of striker almost that that can do everything. Um, yeah. His agility was fantastic for quite a smallish player. He scored a few headed goals and he, can do, he could just just do anything,
1: really. He had a lot. Well, you mentioned his goal scoring record, but he had a lot of assists setting up his teammates. Enormous team
0: player, player in all ways, to be honest.
1: Oh, absolutely. A team player. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, going back to my top three,
2: if you like. The reason why Croyce in there for me is much like Chris touched on, is that to have not just have a, a move sort of named after you. Uh, he, I know he didn't invent code of football, but he, sort of, what's the word I'm looking for? He made it his ethos
0: though, didn't he? Yeah,
2: he made it better. He took it and he went with it. And, I, I watched a lot of, um, anyone who knows me, I, I really like Dennis Burkamp, so I watched a lot of Dutch football. Yeah. Like, Dutch international football. And I've, I've watched a lot of Cruyff and, obviously doing this and doing the research, uh, I found out that he, his nickname was actually um, Pythagoras and Boots. He would, like <laughs> he, he would move into his teammates' positions and he'd drop, he'd drop as deep as like left-back just to confuse the opposition. Okay. And when you actually watch him play, that's exactly what he does. He, his perception of the game and watching everyone moving around and he was always one step ahead of his own teammates, let alone the opposition. So that's why I'd have put him in my top three in terms of his sort of mental ability in the game. He's probably the best.
0: I mean, basically, he's created sort of um, Ajax now as, as how we know them to be. You know, the, the whole total football, passing the ball around, you know, spreading oh, it about. Barcelona, Yeah. That's that, exactly. the roots of that,
1: a total football. <laughs> exactly.
0: Um, My number three is, I'll be honest with you, I've not gone with Franz Beckenbauer. I went with uh, Matthias, Luther Mateus. Yeah. Um, (coughs) This guy, obviously, is very similar to Franz Beckenbauer in a lot of ways. I think he's played at like three different positions in his career. I could have sworn I've seen him play in midfield to start off with. Then he went to centre-back then he played then the backup beckenbauer sort of similar role with sweeper yeah i mean to get to five world cups and be you know there 20, in the international squad for 20 years is like it's incredible really isn't it you, you know 39 40 year old playing in the world cup um he's obviously a world cup winner um with over 150 appearances and a, like you said, with Beckenbauer, it, it, it sort of just re- his reading of the game was just fantastic. You already always knew that if you got past that, that the defensive block, that you got him to be, and he'd it, be very difficult to beat.
1: That's why I'm yeah, putting my number three. A lot of players have been quoted as saying that he's one of the most difficult opponents that they've had. He was uh, so hard to beat, so competitive, so tough and so strong, such an athlete. Uh, but also just a great player. He scored a lot of goals as well from um, yeah. midfield positions. A lot of important yeah. goals. No, I, I thought about Mateus. He didn't quite make my list, but he was a fantastic player. No doubt about it.
0: To so be playing sort of at that high level, you know, 39 40, I mean, it just shows. Obviously, he kept himself in shape well, but he's obviously, you know, you're reading you know, of the games 99.9% of the, the game, really, and um, he's fantastic at doing it.
1: Yep, good shout, Chris. Right, I've only got one player on my left on my list that we've not talked about yet, and that's my number one pick, Diego Maradona.
2: Who was my joint number one, two,
0: three? <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't on my top ten. Oh, that is controversial. That's
1: very controversial, Chris.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You've heard of him, though, right? No, no. no. Well, okay. Tell me a bit about him. <laughs> no, I'll be honest with you. Um, of course, I was considered it, but like, like, obviously, a bit pettiness as well with what happened with the cheating and probably what he's done off the field has probably pushed me away from him. I mean, I did think he was one of mine I was considering, but I just thought because of his off the field antics as well. That's why just, no one's
2: mentioned Platini yet as well.
1: That's why I didn't <laughs> add him in either. Neither, yeah, I, I really didn't want to pick Platini.
0: <laughs> that's exactly the reason I didn't pick him. But yeah, I mean, if you're talking about on the field as well, you know, as a ho- the full package, then or just on the field, sorry, um, then he would obviously have to be there because he's he was a fantastic player. I just I just never never forget the time though when he scored that goal in 94, was it? And he just looked like, absolutely demented when he scored that goal
1: into the TV. So he's poked <laughs> up. Yeah, massively. <laughs> he's my number one pick. When I, when I watch footage of Maradona playing, I feel like there's uh, some force of nature at work where it's like a video game where someone's cheating because he's, he's going to win every time and he's going to win so easily and make other players look like children. He just comprehensively beat players. It, it, he's quite well known for getting the ball in midfield and taking on three or four players every time he gets the ball. He was so fast, so powerful, and so skillful. Unbelievably skillful. His feet were very quick. He had absolute mastery over football. He, the ball could be bouncing away from him, but he still got it under control. Defender can close him down. He just finds a way. Take it round them. Uh, the best Rabona I've ever seen. The number of free kicks that went in off the post. The list just goes on. Unbelievable. It's, it's
2: a testament to him that he went to um, Napoli, who at the time were nobodies really,
1: and he made them one of the best teams in the world, pretty much single-handedly. Yep. yep. And then the '86 World Cup. He won that World Cup for Argentina single-handedly. Literally. Unbelievable achievements. Unbelievable. Totally agree. I mean, he,
0: like you said, his skill, skill set was fantastic, really, wasn't it? And then, I think, like I just touched on, you think of everything that happened in 86, and then eight years later, after all the controversy that he had and everything, he still managed to get in the Argentina team and got them onto at least some sort of run in the 94 World Cup, when really he shouldn't have been allowed to. It just shows what sort of calibre of player he was, really, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, unbelievable player. Okay, so that's our top 10s. Let's uh, wrap it up with a few honourable mentions, people that didn't quite make the list for one reason or another. Uh, Chris, I'll go to you first this time. Anyone you want to mention? Well, yeah, the, the, there's a
0: couple, to be honest. Um, I made, made some changes and I took out Andrea Perlu, um, yes. obviously Italian international. Just a, a bit, a similar sort of type, you know, defensive sort of slash attacking midfielder, maybe. Um, and it, I just found he was a magician on the ball, played for AC Milan and uh, Juventus, over 100 caps for, for Italy. And um, just controlled the game fantastically. Fantastic pass of the ball, like most Italian players were. Um, I just thought that other players are slightly better than him to get into there. But he was a very tight sort of eleven or twelve. Yep. And then finally, the other two I had was um, Bobby Moore. Yep. So Bobby Moore, obviously captain of the 66 World Cup winners. Um, obviously had a lot of other issues out, out of his, in his personal life. Um, but as a player, he just seemed like a a real old-fashioned defender who could um, also pass the ball slightly as well. Um, I think he was probably destined for better things, but other things got in the way as well. Um, and then that leads to my final pick, which would have been George Best. Um, yeah. I think if if other demons didn't get in the way, he probably could have comfortably have been there. But... I just think it was probably in a in a weird way the wrong time for him. If he was probably born in this sort of era, things probably could have been a bit different for him. Um, just a fantastic striker, wasn't he? Just the natural ability. I you know, he just seemed effortless. You know, you see some pictures of him where beforehand, I know most people did, but cigars and a couple of pints before, and then there he is banging in five or six goals for Man United.
1: There was a 1968 where he won the European Cup final and he won the Ballon d'Or. And if you watch the footage of him playing that season, he was absolutely unstoppable. He was frightening. And that peak was definitely worthy of being mentioned as one of the greatest of all time. But it was such a short peak is the reason why I think it it wasn't going to make my top 10 footballers of all time less. So I wanted to mention Best, and there were a couple of other players who, for similar reasons, I didn't want to include them in my list, but I wanted to give them a mention. One of them was Ronaldinho. At his peak, his prime, he was just absolutely unstoppable. Uh, The the other one I was going to mention was um, Pavel Nedved, who uh, won the Ballon d'Or in 2003. Uh, That season, when I watched him play, I just felt like he was the best midfielder in the world. Uh, If you had him in your team, you'd win. He was just unstoppable, the real a real box to box midfielder who could do everything. But he, he didn't maintain that peak throughout his career. If he had done, then I think we'd be having a very different conversation about him. I just wanted to mention those three players who had a an exceptional peak, but we didn't see it over the course of their career. Anyone else that you wanted to mention, Ant?
2: Um, I'm not going to sort of go through them, but the other names I had were Romario. Yeah. Um, Roberto Baggio, Marco Van Basten, uh, Kenny Dalglish, and um, purely because he was kind of a favourite of mine growing up, again, because of my granddad, Stanley Matthews.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah. There were the other names that came to mind whilst I was doing this. Yep. It was very uh, tough, wasn't it? All of them were great players, which is why they came to
1: mind. Yeah, I think I considered most of them as well. Definitely deserve to be in the conversation. Great players. A good,
0: good bit of work like uh, you set us there, Dan. It was tough, wasn't it? I didn't realise it'd be that tough. I was seriously
2: tempted just to put like, all of them on the wall and just throw darts and see which 10 I got. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, three people's opinions of ten, the top 10, and there's been how many different players? I reckon there's probably been about 20. It just shows, doesn't it? That's what makes it interesting.
2: Over now, though, he has been great strength by the Brazilian. He's left three players in his wake. He's kept his
0: feet. This will be a wonderful goal. Oh, it is! That is world class. Absolute genius from the young Brazilian.
2: And Bobby Robson who's seen virtually everything in his time. Stands up and applauds. A
1: wonderful goal. Right, so. Obviously coronavirus is affecting football at the minute. We've seen some countries have taken the decision to cancel their football and their leagues will not be completed. We've yet to see a decision in English football. Now I know that UEFA have made a statement. They've urged countries to consider awarding places European competition next season based on sporting merit. I wanted to throw this one over to Anne first and get your take on that. <laughs> I've been led to believe you've got plenty to say on the matter.
2: The way I understand the sporting merit is teams this season that deserve to be in European football next season. Now, obviously, you've got Liverpool. You can't really say Man City because you don't know if they will be in European football next season. So, I'm, I'm going to exclude Man City because they're banned. So, you've got Liverpool-Leicester. I'd say deserve Champions League straight off. Chelsea look at and say they've done well because it's a new young manager and they've got a young team and they're in the top four currently. And then, you're looking at the fourth team, and yes, Man United are probably... They are currently in fifth, I believe. Have they had a good season? Personally, I don't think they've had a particularly good season. I think they've had some awful results. I think they've got this shadow of Pogba lurking over them. and I think they're getting better. I think... Solskjaer bought well in January and I think that um Fernandez fellow has made a massive difference to him. I think Sheffield United have had an absolutely phenomenal season given uh they've come up from the championship and they've just maintained that level, they've kept all the clean sheets, they've had you know, they've they've had some great results. Wolves have got to be considered, because again, they're they a team on the rise and I think they all challenged the top four before long. But if, if I had to pick a fourth team going to go in the Champions League if Man City weren't allowed to on sporting merit, it'll be between Sheffield and Wolves for me. It's a real
0: really tough one though, isn't it? I mean, if you look at what Sheffield United have done this year, it is possibly one of the greatest first seasons this this decade of what a newly promoted team has done. It's just it's just great. I mean, the the way that they play is refreshing, isn't it? And and what Wilder has done is got the team working day every game at the same. No set one knows
2: formation the they play, but it works.
0: That's it. But it's so, it's so difficult, isn't it? I mean, I was looking into obviously the Dutch league that was cancelled, so they've null and voided it, which I think, personally, is just a bit harsh. I mean, obviously, AK and Ajax, I think, were sort of joint on points at the time.
1: Yeah, it's close. Um, yep.
0: The weird thing I, I got from that is that obviously there's no relegation, but yet they're going to use the positions for the European places. And in my opinion, you can't sort of pick and choose. I don't know whether the Premier League are sort of playing this game with the other big big leagues like Bundesliga and Liga, almost like a chicken playing chicken. So as soon as like one of them decides to cancel it, then you probably then see Serie A and then everyone else probably deciding to do the same. But I just don't know. I mean, at the moment, my my personal opinion on this is that you'd have to go on to Ant's favourite thing, (laughs) the sporting merit points. And can't void the season, not void the season, but stop the season and have Liverpool as champions. No relegation. And then maybe Leeds and West Brom go up. And then we have a 22 team premiership next year with five going down. And then economically, it would still balance itself out with the additional two clubs in that league. And then what they could do then with the, the money is then segregate it along the, the, the lower end of um, the other leagues. Because we were talking a lot about the Premier League here, which is obviously what we do. But what about all the other smaller teams, you know, that, you know your sort of Colchester's and stuff like that? where their revenue is all on attendance. And obviously, even if we do get football, it's 99% going to be on closed doors, isn't it? So they're not going to get that money. And that's where the whole grassroots side comes into it, doesn't it? I mean, how many of these clubs are actually going to survive?
2: Well, there is that. it's, um, it's, a, it's a worrying room. time for football. Whatever you do, you're going to annoy someone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah if, if you null and void the entire English Football League you're going to anger every Liverpool yeah. Leeds Coventry you name it anyone yeah. in, in a position of promotional titles if you cancel it as is now give Liverpool the title yeah they're happy Sheffield United aren't happy they might miss out on Europe Villa might go down Brighton have come out today and said we don't want to play neutral grounds because we've got Something like five home games left. It's not. It's not fair. Yeah.
1: Look at their away record. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good point. <laughs>
2: and at least he did say. Well, at least if we if we play at a neutral ground, we might as actually win away.
1: Said <laughs> so if we're not going to be relegated, then um, I'd be all right with playing at neutral grounds. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is the this is it, isn't it? it? If you're looking at the relegation
0: thing, where Villa have got a game in hand, then it's very difficult just to stop the season there and then.
1: Well, uh, I, th- I think I think if you do stop the season, relegation's off the table.
2: I think that's probably the fairest
1: way. Absolutely.
2: The only problem that brings is obviously we're already potentially at a backlog for next season anyway, and having an increased league next year is going to cause even more problems. Especially as we're going to have to cram in the Euros next year.
0: I I, I reckon what they would probably do if it was an increased league that they probably would just. I'm sure on the table already is to get rid of the like the Coca-Cola cup or the the, the old league cup.
2: The milk cup. <laughs> the Rumbelows cup.
0: <laughs> Whatever denominator it's called. But but yeah, I mean, that's what I would assume would happen. As it's gone on,
2: um, what are we on now? A week? How long was seven, seven? isn't it? Week seven? There just needs to be a decision. Yeah we keep putting it back, putting it back. Obviously, France have come out and said, Right, leagues cancel, PSG are the winners, job done. We'll worry about legal suits from Leon and Amens or whatever they're called. The Dutch league come out and said, Well, we'll null and void it, which is a bit more difficult for them because obviously they've got pretty much a, a tie at the top.
0: Yeah. And, and I think think this is
2: like I, yeah. pretty much straight away like, Well, well Bruges are the winners. Every country, there just needs to be a, a unilateral decision of either, right, we're going to do this, we're going to stop it now, whoever's top wins, whoever's bottom can stay up, no relegation, or that's it, job done, it's all over, null and void, start again, which is what yeah, I, wants. I agree
1: with that. I agree with the sentiments of that. I think there should be a decision made, and I think uh, looking at the English League, there shouldn't be any relegation. Liverpool should be crowned champions. As, far as I'm concerned, that's not even in question. And then the, the, the difficult part is looking at awarding places for European competition.
2: Sporting merit comes in.
1: Well, yeah. um Just coming back to that, then the way that I've it has to be objective. So it can't be. Oh, I think Sheffield United have done really well given their resources. That that's subjective. It has to be objective, which is basically pointing at current league position. Problem with that is Sheffield United have got a game in hand. <laughs> so. We, we can't actually make a decision on that yet. What I think, what I'd like to see happen is a playoff between the three teams, a little, a little mini tournament in the closed season. I think that'd be entertaining, and I think that the team has the opportunity to earn the place then.
2: I actually think all three teams we've mentioned probably stand a chance of actually winning it.
1: Um, also, in, in terms of sporting merit, I just wanted to also touch on. Um, In Italy, there's been a big uh, argument. Some parties have said that Atalanta, who finished in the top four of Serie A last season, should not have been allowed in the Champions League because their achievement is less than that of Roma, who did not finish in the top four, but they made the semi-finals of the Champions League last season. There's been an argument saying that that's a higher merit of sporting achievement, and that Roma should have been allowed in the Champions League instead of Atalanta. So that that might be where this um, phrasing has come from. I, I'm not. I'm not. I don't agree with that at all. But UEFA have kind of prepared for this now, haven't they? Because as as of
2: 2023, it's going to be based on the last four years of finishing in the top four.
1: Yeah, I, I'll oh. be honest. I've not read. I've not read it in detail, but I think the gist of it is that. It's just, it just you can imagine a scenario where a team comes from nowhere, finishes in the top four, but are not allowed in the Champions League. I just think that's bad for football. What is that? imagine if
2: Leicester um, had a molester in, in 2015? Yeah. Oh, yeah, well done. You won the English League, but no, sorry, you can't play European football next year because you really yeah. got relegated the year before. Yeah, it's not the spirit I mean, of
0: the it, game. I mean, obviously, UEFA's agenda is to have this Super League anyway, isn't it? This is well, just their way of just trying to plant, plateau it even more. I think it's
2: the first, yeah, it's a way for saying well, we can't have all these tin pot teams. No, exactly. but you know all these tin pot teams coming in from you know one one season wonders and then in the Champions League, who's going to want to watch that?
1: If if, you, if your dream is to win the Champions League, you've got to have an opportunity to achieve well, that.
2: Everyone
1: have that opportunity. That's that's for me. That's what football's about. It's about dreaming. At the moment, I think football in a whole is
0: a very de- dangerous spiral with regards to to this whole the the, the big countries being so rich and the lower the smaller teams not being so because you always get at some point a team that might upset the apple cart one season like we had with Leicester. and like you know like you use the atalanta um, example or in, in Spain, Gatife are consistently performing in the top six. And they're a very small Spanish team. And obviously, if they, say, are replacing, just using Gatife as an example, replacing, say, Atletico and Madrid there, where they've got a well-funded team with big-name players, then, you know, it'd be interesting to see how UEFA would, would take that or whether they would just do that whole, well, you're not, you know sorry but you over the last four years your score is such and such so you go down to the next one and if that next one is Atletico then it'd be like well you're back in
1: and this yes. is the sounds wrong to me sounds yeah wrong. It, to me it's wrong so
0: how, how are we finishing then with this coronavirus are we all in agreement that it needs to be agreed sooner rather than later
1: yeah Yeah, um, player safety is obviously paramount, but I think we need to uh, make some growing-up decisions about what what can and can't happen if we are to continue, or if we can't continue, where that leaves us going into the next season. I think um, we've all spent a lot of time thinking about it and talking about it. We need a decision now. Yeah, I
0: totally agree. Do you think they should just stop it now, or...? dan you, you mentioned playoff for the last three stop stop things as they are no relegation, but what about you Anne given taking
2: aside the fact that my team is twenty five points clear at top of the table um I think they they need to they probably just need to stop it and find a way to resolve at the european spots or not relegate anyone or whatever. I think, in terms of the winner, regardless whether it was Liverpool, whether it was Man United, Tottenham, whoever at the top of the table, 25, was it 20 or points, should take out the game's hands. You know, they deserved winners. Anyone who's top of the league at this stage, 20 points, deserves to win the league.
0: Yeah. I totally agree with you, mate. If, if they
2: came around and said, no, sorry, you're not having it, I th- that, that would just be ridiculous. And I'd be saying the same if it was Manchester United at the top. Yeah.
1: I totally agree. Liverpool are going to; they should be champions.
0: Yeah, and also I think um, with the whole contracts as well, I just think it gets too fiddly. I think I think that then there needs to be an agreement maybe with all the big leagues to just stop stop playing or even any intention of playing it playing football until next season. Shall we move on to Gate? A lot's happened, mate. A lot's happened. Well, um,
1: cool. I want to congratulate him. On
0: well yeah he 's actually done the great escape yeah <laughs> he's he 's done the momentous great escape he's secured top flight football <laughs> for deng he has with with eight games in charge as well Bless him um it's been a bit of a crazy couple of days really for him, I think um obviously on the twenty fifth of of April, which we all mentioned is all cancelled the league was cancelled so Den Haag are now still in the Premier League, the Dutch version of it. Yay, yeah, you well um, know Out of his eight games in charge, he won one, draw three, lost four. Um, he, he did actually get offered a 20 grand bonus <laughs> for keeping them up. <laughs> which was great job did there too. Fantastic job, which he actually rejected. Um, fair play Fair play to him I mean there was talk on a serious note That he was actually going to give it to the NHS in, in Holland um, For the plight But I'm not 100% sure Whether that was true or. But I know that he, he Decided to reject it Then on the 28th he He's actually left Den Haag By mutual consent
2: Oh I missed that one
0: Yeah um, So at the moment, Pardew's uh, a free free agent. So, yeah, we just have to see what happens, where he ends up next. I mean, he with the Newcastle England. takeover, could there be a second round there? You
1: know? Oh, Until I love it. it. Indian League, that's where he will end up. <laughs> he went to Holland. He came, he saw, he conquered. What's next? He kept them up. So, yeah, so
0: Pardew Gate, it's open. We'll just have to see where he ends up. Um, Chris Power also left. By mutual consent as well. So that's, that's, that's all we've got at the moment on Pardew Gate. So we'll have to see where he ends up.
2: It was always an odd appointment anyway, really, wasn't it?
0: It was, but he kept the team up. He met his... <laughs> fairy tale ending. <laughs> but fancy if he did take the bonus, though.
1: Oh, that would have been disgraceful.
0: I hope there'll be more, more on it. I hope he'll still stay in management. And then we'll, we'll have to go from there. If I have to start following the Indian Premier League, then that... That will have to happen. Or if he ends up in the Belarusian League, that's still going on at the moment. Are we having a
2: um intermediary gate? You know, is someone gonna fill in for him on the next podcast.
0: Um yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> Would you prefer just me sticking with Pardew and just seeing what he's doing?
2: Yeah, or just find someone else to follow for a few months.
1: Yeah, yeah, cool. I do quite like the British managers abroad. Yeah. Oh um, what we'll do, we'll vote on
0: it. We we'll do a vote on it.
1: Alright.
0: I'll get a couple of names out there, and we'll see what we can do.
2: So now Alan you, you has to watch the rest of proceedings from up on high in the main stage. Well, Alan, only one place to start, unfortunately. What were you thinking about? Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it was a situation where I shouldn't have been there. You know, I've been involved in a couple of incidents on the line, and probably because I'm too near the action be
1: sitting down from now on, and, uh, and quite rightly after that, I apologise to everyone, and I shouldn't
2: have got involved
1: in it, really. Right. Are you both ready for a little quiz? Yep. Yeah, go on then, mate. Okay. I've got seven questions. You've got to name the player. I'll read out the list of clubs that they played for in chronological order. Fingers on the buzzers. You ready? Okay. Okay, first one. Southampton, Arsenal, Liverpool. Outside oh, Chamberlain. Ah, oh, correct. You Say fingers on the buzzer, then. I
2: know. So I was all cops for some reason. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right, second one. Tottenham, Arsenal, Portsmouth, Notts County.
2: Phil Campbell.
1: Yep. Yeah. Shout. Okay, one one. Third question. Tenerife. Newcastle. Who is? Yep. one well, Chris. Bloody
0: you hell. got that just from that. Tenerife? Guess <laughs> a guess.
1: Educated. All right. Fourth one. Valour. PSV. K.R. Reykjavik. Bolton. Chelsea. Are you a good sir? Yep. You can do it. I was just about to say it. 3-1. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Come on, then. Hello, hello. It's late. <laughs> <laughs> late, surge. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fifth question. I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this one right, but... Uh... VA Bold Club, <laughs> Hamburg, Everton, Real Madrid, Thomas Graveson. What well on, Chris? On fire, Chris. And what's going and on? Manager again. Fellow <laughs> <laughs> Boldy, mate. You can't go, go wrong with that. All right, it's 4 1. You're playing for Pride now, aren't I <laughs> right, number six. Independiente. Man United. Villarreal. Atletico Madrid. Inter Milan. Diego Forlan. One, Chris. (laughs) Oh! (laughs) Oh, (laughs) got one, though, didn't you? We've got one more, and Let's see if we can get the last one. And I'll say this. Fingers on the buzzers for this one. Bayern Munich. Man United. Man City. Um, God. Oh, my God. Oh, this silence is getting embarrassing now. Do you want a clue?
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, even though he started at Bayern Munich, he was English agrees. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> what <Well done, man. laughs> a Five, two. <laughs> Five,
0: two. Oh. Okay. Shall I just go through the socials? Now we've got some socials up. Our email addresses and stuff. Go for it. Any, any comments to be sent to our email address, which we've got is var at the bar 2020 at gmail.com. We've also got a Facebook page. V-A-R at the bar, funny enough. And our Twitter page is at V-A-R at the bar one. So if you've
1: got any comments then please put them on that. Very good. Okay, I think that wraps it up. So I um, hope everyone's enjoyed the episode. I know I did. Um, it was painful as it was putting those lists together <laughs> for the greatest players of all time. It's been, it's been good fun. Yeah.
0: Cheers guys for coming. Chris,
1: next time.
0: Oh, it'd be me. Yes, back
1: to me. Good luck, Chris. Thank you. All right. Thanks to everyone else. Goodbye. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Sports Social
0: Podcast Network.
2: Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com.
0: It's my little escape.
2: Now Judy's the life of the party.
0: Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon.
2: Whoa. Take it easy, Judy.